film fans, here we are just a week away from the St. Louis International Film Festival, and we have a lot of new releases to talk about today, don't we, Carl? We do. It's just a duo today due to a medical issue that one of our guests is having that we, they don't need us to bring up, so we're not going to. No. But if you haven't been to SLIF, put it on your calendar, November 7th to 17th. St. Louis International Film Festival. My name is Carl Middleman. And I'm Lynn Venhouse, and we're the Real Time Trio Minus One today. One of our personalities is not here. New movies opening up this week. You have Harriet, which is the story of Harriet Tubman. I know. I looked up two, two pronunciations this week. Takawatiti and Gugu Mapatha-Raw. Okay. And, so, and are and you and you're right yes, on and yeah. I believe you are right on both of them. And yes. also on Netflix, The King, uh, with Timothy Chalamet doing Henry V. Right, with a bowl haircut. That's all right. Neither of us saw Harriet, nor did we see The King. We'll talk about Jojo Rabbit coming up next. Around minute 12, we'll talk about Motherless Brooklyn. Around minute 15, we'll talk about Terminator Dark Fate. Then Halloween movies around minute 30, and then around minute 36, what's coming up? And you can find me on Twitter and take a poll. Around minute 43, we'll talk about the St. Louis International Film Festival and around minute 58, Muni Magic. All right, so let's, do you want to start with the uh, crowd pleaser or the one that we both saw? How about we do the one we both saw? Let's do the one we both saw. Jojo Rabbit. That's the Hitler comedy. Yes, it is not what you expect at all. No, it's not exactly what you would expect. Um, It's from the director of Thor Ragnarok, and he uh, did uh, uh, what you do. What in we the do dar- in the shadows. What we do in the shadows, which was also not only a movie, but it was a series on FX two times, right? Or two series. And one of my favorite underrated comedies he did called The Hunt for the Wilder People, starring Sam Neill. Really good, funny movie. So Roman Griffin Day- Davis is Jojo Rabbit. Because of an incident that happens while he's at the Hitler Youth Camp. Okay, so we are talking about this very glib and very nonchalantly, but this, it's, they don't tell you what year it is, which is very, very good. Because I kept wondering, is this early in the war? Is this late in the war? And luckily they don't tell you because then it's far more tragic when you find out how close to the end of the war (laughs) that this was. Um, So, uh, Jojo is at he is a German youth in the early 1940s and so he has to be a Nazi or else he will be killed along with they have public hangings in the square actually they don't have hangings they just have bodies up and you just walk by in the square one day and they're hey there's your neighbor there's somebody you know and his mother is played by Scarlett Johansson and she's wonderful in she's this movie. great in this she even has a nice little German accent and this she plays Rosie, and she is a kind woman, and uh, she is technically a single mother during the war because they don't really. Her father is in the. Her husband is in the resistance. Yes, but he. Everyone says he's fighting over in Italy, but there are doubts about this. And they say your father's a deserter. Where the heck has he been for two years? He so you know that it's at least 1940 because he's been in Italy for two years, but then one day Jojo. Here's a noise upstairs in his house. And that noise is 
Tomlinson McKenzie from Leave No Trace. Leave No Trace. And she was also Fabulous. on uh, Halt and Catch Fire. And she was also in uh, Blade. No, she wasn't. Was she in Blade Runner? Can't remember. I don't. Think I just she... remember her from Leave No Trace and how good. And we gave her one of our supporting actress nominations in our St. Louis Film Critics. She is very good in this. And she plays Elsa. And Elsa is a Jewish girl who's hiding in their attic. Yes. It's it's very cliche. Yes, but it's it's so good, and the supporting cast is really good. What I'd like to say about this is uh, Jojo is such an impressionable youth, mm-hmm. and he uh, they show really how these kids were pretty much indoctrinated. Rebel Wilson is a goofy. She's uh, a falling ram. Yeah, worker bee. Uh, if for the for the SS and Sam, Sam Rockwell. <laughs> Sam so, Rockwell. So Sam Rockwell. Everyone's like, you know, in movies, Sam Rockwell plays nothing but uh, nothing but racists. Well, lately, he, now he's playing a Nazi. <laughs> lately, but he did play Bob Fosse. But, so. but that was on TV. Yes. But there there are layers to uh, Captain Ken Kleinsendorf. There are many layers to that. And then uh, Stephen Merchant has been being used in the uh, trailers. He's only in it for one scene. I know, but it's a good one. And I, I do love Stephen Merchant. He plays a uh, Gestapo He is uh, the SS. Yes. And I called him a Nazi hunter in my print review, and I apologize. Nazi because, hunter? No. He, because he, I meant that he's a Nazi hunting, hunting Jews. Jews. Right. But he's with he, the dis- 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 Gestapo. Well, the, the, I keep uh, wanting to say Gestapo, but that's the tomato yeah. soup the gimmick here and i this is actually a book jojo rabbit mm. and i was surprised at that but the gimmick here is that jojo has an imaginary friend who's adolf hitler played by the director and writer well, right adapter and he is so reminiscent of john cleese or one of the monty python guys mm-hmm. as this silly buffoonish yeah, adolf he's, hitler he is very uh john cleese English twit yeah. type because you know what this kid does not know who Hitler is or no. how Hitler was and he is you know this is just his imaginary friend and then Archie Yates plays Yorkie his little friend who is wonderful he's just wonderful the two of them together they uh, you know they're all gung-ho nationalism yay and then the realities of War right. and hatred hit them, and they start to question everything an in their life. Yeah, they <laughs> ran out. Of, and I, <laughs> I was wondering where there's the one scene in the trailer. It doesn't really fit. It's like they threw it in as a gag. The one where he shoots the missile through the town square. You think that would be earlier in the movie? Instead, it's really near the end, and it kind of looks out of place. Mm-hmm. But the the story is. Great, and so uh, you have young Jojo meeting with Elsa in the house, and uh, he's trying. He's going to write a book about Jews, and he can't tell on her because he knows that if he tells, that his family will be because they've been heck, technically he's an accomplice to a crime, right? Or his mother is, and so he has to stay silent. But of course, that's when he falls in love with her. Aww. Yes, he, he tells his best friend, I'm in love with a Jew. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's, you just have to take it in the context of these little kids trying to figure out 
why should you hate mm-hmm. Jewish people? Why should you hate other people? And she plays people with him. Yeah. She plays with him so much. Oh, I don't have horns because I'm not 21 yet. Where are your horns? Yeah. And this the demonizing of an entire uh, religious mm-hmm. uh I don't know what you call it. It, it. They're not a race. It's like, yeah. Jewish is a religion. Yeah. And and it just shows you the... It, it, it's yeah. stupid. Yeah. It shows you the how the divisive political climates of countries are, are not a good thing. And then there's Which, Alfie Allen, who we learn a lot about. He doesn't hardly say anything as the second in command. He probably has like 10 lines at the most. But then you find out... That, that he is not what he seems either, and it is very, it's very well layered. Yes, it is, and that's why it takes surprising turns. I stood up afterwards and told contention. I go, well, that wasn't what I was expecting. No, at all. you expected yeah. something like life is beautiful or some some serious war thing, but not when you have Mister Watiti being Adolf Hitler. It's one of the sharpest social satires in ages. It is also very hilarious, but it's also very gut-wrenching, emotional uh, aspects of it. But the acting, I would say, is top shelf, high caliber. Everybody's, you know, at the top of their game. And it looks, uh, it's a beautiful looking film. It's a beautiful city. Yes. Yeah, so it's, it's... uh, it's remarkable uh, work of filmmaking, I think, and I think it's surprising and refreshing. I enjoyed it very much. I, did I, I, I didn't think I was going to because I'm wondering. I kept wondering, oh, this, and it it's very surprising because you know why they haven't told you a lot about the film. No. Just that they just give you gags, and I think if you go into this and if you're expecting a major comedy, it is it is funny, but it's not like. It's. I don't think it, it's more serious than they are letting on. Yeah, they are. I think. Um, think springtime for Hitler for the funny parts, but more of. Um, not, well, not Schindler's List, depressing. But uh, well, well, life is beautiful. Is how about we also. bought a we bought a zoo? Not we bought a zoo. The other one, the one with Jessica Chastain as the woman who hid Nazis in the zoo. What was that? It was couple, uh, Zookeeper's Wife. Oh, zo- the Zookeeper's Wife. Yeah. Okay. But better like, than that. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, there's... Tonality. How many, how many stories on the Holocaust have we seen? And I thought I had seen uh, uh, everything till I saw Son of Saul. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That will affect you for days and days and days and days. But uh, this one has an effect, I think, because it reiterates how ridiculous... Everything. Everything was. Yes. And in fact, uh, Archie, Archie Yates says, uh, Yorkie says, uh, the, the Fuhrer's been lying to us. <laughs> and I don't think he was right. <laughs> and then, yeah. Oh, Lord. And then he goes, I want to go home and I want to cuddle. I just thought that was so cute. You mm-hmm. know, he goes, I have to go home now. Because, you know, they were taken from their homes. Right. What's the one, the bookkeeper? The bookkeeper, how the kids are just yanked from their homes. The one with the the book. The a, book thief? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. That, well, you know, that shows right. just how the kids, they were taken from their homes for duty. It also shows because in this rise of nationalism and this rise of neo-Nazis, it's kind of a cautionary tale. Hey, remember, the Nazis are the bad people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's st- let's stick on the serious thing and uh, tell me more about uh, Motherless Brooklyn. I really wanted to see this movie. And then um, I had to work at KMOX that night, so I didn't. And then uh, our friend Jim Bad said, I made a right choice. This is Edward Norton's Tourette's movie, and it took place in the book. It's based on a book, and the book is takes place, I want to say, in the 60s or 70s. It's 50s. But the movie takes place in the 50s. The book takes place later, and Edward oh. Norton changed it oh. because he didn't want people to know. Maybe it was the 80s. He says he didn't want people to know what Tourette's was. And so he changed it back to the 50s where they just thought he was weird. Right. He is a very smart guy. But in the book, in the book, it takes much in a different time period. Okay. Does that well, make sense? Yeah, this is Edward Norton's directorial debut, and he adapted it from this novel, Jonathan Lemons, who wrote A Scanner Darkly. Yeah, which uh, uh, Richard La- Richard Linklater uh, made into a rotoscope cartoon. Right, with yes. Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. So uh, they, uh, they start out, it's got a great cast, Bruce Willis, Alec Baldwin, Gugu Mapatha who's nice. gorgeous, beautiful, and um, there's all sorts of people that oh, Bobby Cannaval. So, how you know? does the interracial thing work in the 1950s? That's the big rub. See, that's there. another yeah. thing, okay? Yeah, it has there's a lot of corruption. I, I told Joe Moskus, the allied rep, that in, in a way, it has a, it has a nod to Chinatown in terms of government corruption, mm-hmm. and there's illicit affair, and there's all these uh, shenanigans going on with the politicians. Shenanigans. Yes. So it's very film noir, but it's, I will say, it is slow. It's two hours and 30 minutes. Whoa. Yeah. But it has it's a not, beautiful that's a, look. That's an hour fewer minutes than the Irishman is. The yeah. hour, the Irishman is three and a half. Get ready. We need to pack provisions for tomorrow. <laughs> and so uh, I liked it. I gave it a B. I liked it. I didn't love it. But I, because I just. How I, does I, his Tourette's manifest? Because some people have tics. Some people shout out curse words. And do they, the, the, he's not playing it for laughs, but. It, no, he does the whole spectrum. Okay. Yeah, and everybody thinks he's weird, but then they find they go, "You're smart." And but Edward Norton, obviously Oscar nominee, and former has, Hulk, and uh, has uh, done um, some really fabulous work. There's there his debut in Primal Fear mm-hmm. was one of the best screen debuts ever. Richard Gere. And uh, he was nominated for an Oscar. He was for that, and then then he went, you know, uh, and everything was up. Last Oscar nomination was Birdman. I think he'll be in the running here for consideration, but then again, we don't know what's ahead. But he he's seamless. Currently, you Currently can't he's... see. Yeah, you can't see, and you know the whole Tropic Thunder. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what is that called? The 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 uh, going. The the law the law the the rule you can't go full Tourette's yeah he does a good job of not going 
over the top of making it seem normal. They do it enough. They don't do it too much. They don't, they, you know, they, I think they just do the fine line of. So is it's a gangster movie? Yeah, it's a okay. gangster movie. It's a really good mystery. And Bruce Willis is his Killed mentor. in the beginning. Yes. And I knew that. So is he, yeah, because it's in every single trailer. But is does he is he in flashbacks or is he just no, cameo? No, he uh, he just does the beginning, and I guess he is in a few flashbacks. Yeah, he's in a few flashbacks. I'm sorry about that. But uh, uh, Edward Norton's so upset about this that he becomes obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. And why did why did my mentor die? Who killed him? Yeah, What's and he goes on? down a path where all these secrets are exposed. You know, he uncovers secrets. What does the title mean? I don't know. <laughs> I I know. Does he have a mother? It's not brought up. Okay. I'm not really sure if um does it's, Brooklyn it's a not changing, have a mother? Well, it's a change. Well, what they're trying to do is, and it's it's complicated. It's a very complex you story. You have to be paying attention. Yeah, and there's a lot of different characters. There's this whole land grab thing where people are getting their property mm-hmm. eaten up. Well, um, Alec Baldwin's this powerful guy named Moses Randolph. I love the names in this. Uh, is Edward it based Nord- on a true story? <laughs> Uh, no, Lionel. Uh, 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 Edward Norton plays Lionel. Mm-hmm. That's a great name. There's this really jazzy, great uh, score to mm-hmm. the movie. Just beautiful. Um, it's set in that you know the, because it's still segregated. Um, the black uh, jazz clubs. Mm-hmm. There's you know he gets a white entrance and a black entrance. Yes, a and, performer's entrance. Yes, and. Uh, then so you have this land grab going on, and Cherry Jones, the famous Broadway actress, and she's the, one the, of these people, and, and she was on Twenty Four also. Yes, and Willem Dafoe, the president, plays one of these guys who's being uh, displaced. No, sorry, I lied about. It. She was the president's wife. Sorry, about that's that. right. She um, was the first lady. She was in Doubt at the Fox. And, yes, and when I was uh, when I was there, she had strep throat. Oh, so you didn't get to see her? No, that was her defining role on Broadway. Um, she played. Da, she, she played, played the Meryl Streep role. Right. She played the uh, Abbas, mm-hmm. and uh, she so also. It's a, good, it's a good cast. Yeah, really good cast. Do, and, they, do they keep going back to the pulling the string on the sweater, or is that just for the trailers? Just, just the. Yeah, but he's you know he's obsessive because that's part mm-hmm. of the whole right thing. But uh, it's it's just an interesting story. It's very complicated. You got to pay attention. But the look of the film, it's just luxurious in terms of how it looks, mm-hmm. the costumes, the jazz, the whole atmosphere, of the cinematography. Does it look like 1950s Brooklyn? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. It's it's really cool. And uh, it's just like there's so many characters. But, of course, Bobby Cannavale would play a gangster. Of course. You know, and it's just like you see him and you go, oh, Bobby Cannavale. So I enjoyed it. I don't know for a modern audience how well it's going to do. Mm-hmm. But it was it, fine. Yeah. I gave it a B. It's okay. fine. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the biggest movie of the weekend that I saw with Max on one side and Dan on the other side of me. We saw Terminator Dark Fate. It's the return of Linda Hamilton to the Sarah Connor role. You get a whole bunch of face de-aging in the first two minutes of the movie. And that is the part of the movie I hated the most the first two minutes but i understand the first two minutes have to happen so the rest of the movie can happen so i i am 
I am a fan of Terminator. I'm a fan of the Terminator movies. I love one. I love two. I enjoyed three. Four, Salvation is a piece of garbage. I am a fan of Terminator Genesis. I wanted that series to keep going on with Jason Clark and Amelia Clark and Matt Smith and Jay Courtney. Jay Courtney, everything he touches, just sorry. <laughs> but I was a fan of Terminator Genesis, and I was looking forward to, uh, I guess the next one would have, would have been Terminator Exodus, spelled E-X-O-D-Y-U-S or something like because Genesis was spelled funky. Oh, yeah. So they would have spelled Exodus kind of funky. And they had Pops. That was Arnold Schwarzenegger as Pops. And he there was an in-world revelation and explanation why he was older in that. And there is a real-world explanation why Carl, who is Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's still a Terminator, but he's Carl. And... And Linda Hamilton says, in the trailer, she says, I'm never going to call you Carl. In the movie, she drops an F-bomb in the middle of that. So you have Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor, Arnold Schwarzenegger as Carl. And then you have Mackenzie Davis as Grace. And I'm not going to spoil what she is, but she you remember her from Mackenzie Davis was Tully in Tully. And she was in uh, Blade Runner. And let's see. Oh, yeah. She was really good. She was Tully. good, and she was she was Tully in Tully, and she comes back to the future to protect Natalia Reese, who plays Danny Ramos, and they're down in Mexico, and they need to be smuggled over the border to the United States because they need to get to the Terminator, played by uh, Gabriel Luna, is trying to kill her because the new timeline has been set. That that's the thing. This is actually the third part three of this. First there was part three, then there was uh, Genesis, which was part three, and now this is part three too, because uh, uh, Salvation I think was a was a part four, but this is the third part three. They they all take place after T two because T two once the events of T two happened, everything reset because they got rid of. Skynet and Cyberdyne and in three and in Genesis, it still happened. Right. In this one, something else it, that they call Legion has happened. It's oh. not it's not the same thing. Terminators still rise, but it's not because of Cybernet. It's not because and it's not because of Genesis. It's not for it's not anything else. And this is the return of James Cameron to the series. He helped with the story. He was one of five guys helping the story, and two of those five guys plus a third person wrote it, wrote the screenplay. So you have a new threat and a new Terminator. It's a new timeline. Cyberdyne and Skynet, they don't exist. Legion is coming to kill Daniela Reese, as her friends call her Danny, which is funny because the, the Terminator says, I'm looking for Daniela, and her friends, and then her father says, her friends call her Danny. And then he's like, good to know. And so, yeah, it does not end well for... You know, there are a lot of murders in uh, Terminator. Terminator has a lot of collateral damage. I will say this about Terminator Dark Fate. Uh, they do do a little uh, postulatizing. They do a little uh, social justice warrior kind of things. Girl power, rah, rah, rah. Which they've already done. Sarah Connor was a badass. Right. The, the Terminatrix in 3 was a woman. 
and whatever grace is, she's a woman. And so, so them trying to say this is all about girl power, they've already done that. Yeah. But what they have not done, they have not. It's directed by Tim Miller, who did Deadpool, oh. the original Deadpool, oh, and okay. the re- allegedly the reason that he didn't do the second Deadpool is because uh, he and Ryan Reynolds clashed on set because they each had their own vision. Ryan thinks he owns the character, and Tim's like, "I made the first movie," but uh, he he left Deadpool to Once Upon a Deadpool, the second Deadpool. He's he was not he started with that, and then Ryan Reynolds effectively had him removed Uh and so he left that to do this and so ryan reynolds you lucked out because deadpool the first one has set in motion several sequels and tim miller knows how to direct an action scene that which was lacking from the second deadpool movie and terminator dark fate really has a lot of them there are at least a half dozen action scenes and they are filmed very well. They keep coming. They keep coming. They keep coming. You you remember the very first scene in Terminator 2 where they're at the mall and then they go into the rivers of Los Angeles. That actually happens. This version of that actually happens a lot earlier than that because first you have to have the setup of Sarah Connor being crazy in a nutball in the uh, insane asylum. Oh, yeah. And and then you get right to what's going on, and it's nonstop. That there are, honestly, more action scenes in this Terminator than any of the other ones. Mm-hmm. If you remember, the first one's kind of slow. It is, and it doesn't have that much. It's Yeah, because it was 1984. Four. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have Gabriel Luna crossing the border and trying to and since he is more of a uh robert patrick kind kind of terminator he can morph into people and but he basically stays gabriel luna through the whole time but he um he can meet with the machines he can like you know how uh, the t2 could like morph and mold this terminator i i think he's called the the rev nine he can get into computers like he can mold and then he can like interface with computers and like take down stoplights and like uh, mess with uh, drones and do all the modern warfare. And so it's been updated for the 30 years that it has been since Terminator 2. So it makes sense and it is very exciting. It's not really written that well. I mean, the story is, but the story is superfluous. Superfluous. That's it. I said it right the first time. What's wrong with me today? Oh, I know what it was. I took a typing test today. We'll talk about that later. I took a typing test today, and I'm second-guessing everything I'm typing or everything I'm speaking because there was like a – it was – so I apologize to the people listening to this. But it was – the story doesn't matter. You need to get from point A to point B, and then they need to beat up the Terminator. Seeing Gabriel Luna getting hit in the head with a hammer by Mackenzie Davis, a sledgehammer, is really great to see a couple (laughs) times. And that that happens more than once. Honestly, of all the Terminators, this one is the most action-packed. Does it have the theme, the iconic theme? It has the T2 theme. In fact, they get a lot of credit for uh, their at least, like, three sound cues to Terminator 2. So I think 
the music didn't bother but the, also in Terminator 2 you had the Guns N' Roses song you had like pop music in this this one is not that way but I, I I like it better than I don't like it better than Genesis but I do like it better than Salvation or Rise of the Machines okay so uh, and I also I, I will say that I did watch the Sarah Connor Chronicles on Fox for the first year and then like nothing happened <laughs> And then okay. so, but because they were supposed to be leading into one of these movies, and then it didn't didn't pan out that well. So I I I think if you're a Terminator fan, they they want to make more movies, but they also wanted to make more movies of Genesis, and that didn't happen either. So I liked it. Well, I good. I haven't. I have yet to see it, but I I have watched all the Terminators. You watch Salvation. Mm-hmm. You watch Salvation with Christian Bale just going nuts mm-hmm. and see wasn't that always in the back of your mind Christian Bale yelling at everyone Yeah but he's one of my favorites and so you, you forgive know, him for that I forgive him for that because everybody has a bad day <laughs> and if if that that film didn't it didn't maybe, do well Yeah and he probably realized that script was crap and but was Anton Yelchin and Yes he was and, and that like, Roland Kickinger was the body double for Arnold cuz Arnold has that cameo at the very yes. end but it's not really him because he's governor of California, so they just like CGI'd his face. Yeah. But I, I do want to say I hate the first two minutes of this movie. Just hate it, and it, it made me angry. But other than that, I, you, I understand you had to do that or else the movie could not take place. Yeah. Well, I think the bar was raised with T2, and it's just hard to... Right. It, there's not going to be a movie better than T2. Yeah. They were all in there, and Arnold's not going to be 30 years younger. Right. Right, and that was so refreshing and surprising, and and uh, told a lot of the, it fleshed out the story. Yeah, but also the, there are opportunities for because I, as I said, the Revs Nine can like reprogram. You think everyone in the theater thought, oh, the Rev Nine is going to reprogram Carl, and then Carl's going to be bad, and then they're going to have to fight two Terminators. I think Arnold doesn't want to be the villain anymore. I think he just wants to play the hero, yeah. and so. I will not tell you if that does or does not happen, but it does not. So, <laughs> real spoilers, everybody. Yeah. All right. So uh, that's everything. Wow, we well, cleared. Well, all, we did a lot. In- I know. There's a there's an art movie at uh, the Tivoli, and Jojo Rabbit's going to be at the Plaza Frontenac. By the way, well, it's kind of an art film. Yeah. Uh, called. Cyrano, my love. Cyrano, my love. And Not I goodbye, Cyrano. And I was going to watch it last night. And, and you've moved into your new house. Yeah, and it's just been, it's just been kind of hard. So I haven't watched it, but I plan to watch it. And we're starting to get screeners. I got Us in the mail yesterday. Yes, and which was good because I have still not seen Us. Oh, and I will see it. I'll see it because we have a horror category that we have to vote on this year. Right. I was going to say because it is Halloween as we're taping this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked about our all-time favorite scary movie last mm-hmm. week. But what what are some of your favorites of the last five years in terms of horror? Because oh, I I would love to say Get Out, but my wife hates Get Out. She really? hates 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 Get Out. I don't know why. Well, I'm I'm sure she has told me many times, but so every time I say that I like Get Out, she's like, "Nope, cannot can't agree with you on it." And so, 
I have to downplay that at my house. Okay, well, I really enjoyed it, and I really liked it. Not a big fan of us, as you know, because we talked about mm-hmm. it here. But of Baba the, Duke? The last fight of Baba Duke is terribly frightening, and I knew nothing about it. That's the best thing, is knowing nothing about a movie and going in. I um, Of the last five years, I would say The Conjuring. It follows. And it follows. It follows. Both of them scared uh, the bejesus out of me. And uh, A Quiet Place, mm-hmm. that was masterful filmmaking now from see, I, John Krasinski. Now, hold on a second. I, I made the mistake of seeing Bird Box before I saw A Quiet Place. So that kind of uh, ruined it for me. But I, I will still say that A Quiet Place is a better movie, but they both have the same kind of themes. Uh. But if everyone that saw A Quiet Place first... Loved it and then hated Bird Box. I did not, and I and you know I am not a fan of Sandra Bullock. I did not mind Bird Box, and then I saw A Quiet Place next. And A Quiet Place is really good, but it depends. It's some some sometimes it's the order you see movies, because yeah, the first one is usually gonna you're gonna hold higher regard, right? Usually, if they are on equal footing. But Quiet Place is a better movie than Bird Box. Right. So for people wanting to stay in tonight, to uh, if the if it's bad weather and there's not too many trick or treaters, those were those are all good to recommend because they're easy accessible. When we talk about old Holly old movies, mm-hmm. like if I said Night of the Hunter with Robert Mitchum mm-hmm. and Shelley Winters, which is really a great suspenseful uh, or thriller, um, you, you can't find that so readily. But the ones that we're talking about, you have streaming access to. Let's see. So what, what I said, Babadook, it follows The Witch. We talked about The Witch last the week. The Witch, yes. And then uh, those, I mean, The Conjuring, some Conjurings are better than others. I, Conjuring 2 is my favorite of all of them, uh-huh. of, the, of the entire series, the second one. And I thought that one was actually better than the first because the first one's kind of slow but the the conjuring series in itself is more is more bloodless horror it's more thrilling than it's than people getting killed even though right. people do get killed right right so i don't know what's up and what's uh up in the you know what's coming up for horror movies but uh the only dvd release this week that of any consequence of any like new movies mm-hmm. is loose which we didn't see which is the which is the uh nicole kidman oh yeah um, yeah. yeah and that's the only one which i was surprised at i thought they'd have more out well um someone said i i an email i get which has new releases on it says lion king still on top for dvds this week so they just wanted to stay away from Lion King, I guess. And then Apple TV starts tomorrow, and then in two weeks Disney Plus comes, and they've announced that uh, HBO Max is going to be in March. So all your streamings are going to be coming through the line. Oh, my goodness. And I heard uh, on Amazon Modern Love, I heard the first episode's really good. See, I've also heard that Modern Love is – it depends because that's also an anthology series, and right. you don't need to watch them in order – Right. And and is that have you seen any of them? No, but I was told you should see at least the first one. Okay, and Tina Fey's in one, and uh, Anne Hathaway, and uh, Andy Garcia, 
And so, yeah, uh, Jennifer Aniston's making the rounds of the talk shows to promote the morning show. Right. She and Reese Witherspoon on Apple TV. They were on Good Morning America, and they were acting like hosts that day. And I think they were on CBS this morning also doing the same thing. Well, next week we have a, a we're in the middle, uh, we're, we're, we're just in the beginning of our screening season for year-end awards, and uh, we have some really big ones coming up next week, and... The Irishman, well, ex- ex- the Irishman's not going to be in theaters for two more weeks. Right. You're going to see it, I'm going to see it the week after that. I'm going to see the night screening. I, You're going to see it during the day, because, you know, you have four hours to kill in a day. And yeah. I'm going to see it from 7 till 10.30 at night if it starts on time. Oh, yeah. They even said, remember, it's going to start on time because it's three and a half hours. I know. Uh, I don't have a deadline tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited because usually I'm running in from a, uh, those on those Tuesday screens. Or, you know, I'm running in from a deadline. So I'm just getting there right or, you know, class or something. So, yeah, no, I'm really happy about that. Now, uh Monday, uh, are you going to go see Marriage Story? Yes, I'm going to see Marriage Story. I'm going to be working the morning show on one of the intercom stations, and then I'm going to Marriage Story, and then I'm going to another job interview, and then I'm going to go Tuesday through Thursday of next week. I'm going to be doing a sleep study. Oh, as, that's as, right. Okay, first of all, you didn't follow the rules. You didn't follow the rules. I put something on Twitter. You can follow me at, at underscore Carl the Intern. And I gave four comedies and four dramas that I should watch while I'm trapped because someone says, aren't you supposed to be sleeping during the sleep study? No, I have to stay awake during the day. It is eight hours of sleep, 16 hours of being awake. And that is going to be twice. So I need to stay awake. And I said, I want to binge one comedy and one drama. And the four, let's start, let's start with dramas first. This is the one where Lynn got wrong. Um, <laughs> well, Max had his on the on our text feed, so I just followed that. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, but his his were choices. His were choices. There are four choices, and they are Umbrella Academy, which is based on a graphic novel, uh, Twin Peaks: The Return, David Lynch and Mark Frost, uh, season three, technically of Twin Peaks, uh, Black Mirror, which is all I, I over hear, the place. Yeah. And then the fourth one, what is the fourth drama? Black Mirror. I'm looking at, I'm thinking of them all in alphabetic order. Black Mirror, uh, Twin Peaks, Umbrella Academy. And what's the fourth drama? See, that's, that's right there. It should be, it it should be out of the, out of the running. Um, And then the, Three, it's going to come to me, but I'm going to do the four comedies. I know the four comedies. The four comedies are Afterlife by Ricky Gervais, Umbrella, no, no, uh, Big Mouth, Nick Kroll's Big Mouth, which is a cartoon all about the the male hormones, uh, The End of the Effing World, and the third comedy, uh, the fourth comedy is Fleabag, which everybody raves by. Everybody says they love, and so I wanted to see all of these shows and Lynn said hey you should do Breaking Bad and I said that's not a choice because that's 56 hours of television and what did you pick in comedies oh Curb Curb Your Enthusiasm enthusiasm. which I have already seen so she picked two things that I've already seen and that I don't know the uh, Mr. Robot is the other one which is actually tied with Black Mirror currently 
they're all like right around 25%. People are saying, hey, you know what? There are very, and if you still follow, I'm ending this on Sunday because two radio shows actually want to talk about it. The one that's all over the place, because like uh, Mr. Robot and Black Mirror at 22%, uh, Twin Peaks and Umbrella Academy are t- tied at 28%. So it's going to be close, but uh, Twitter will tell you which one's the winner. Um Currently, Big Mouth is leading by Nick Kroll, and that's three seasons, followed by Ricky Gervais's Afterlife, and then Fleabag. And I don't think enough people know of End of the Effing World. It's British, and it's based. that's also based on a graphic novel. So that one's not winning. But uh, I want to see all of these shows. My wife's like, I hope Fleabag doesn't win. I want to watch that with you. And I said... Well, why didn't you tell me this before I put it up? <laughs> because I said I was going to watch the Paul Rudd thing with her. My daughter wants to watch that too. Uh, friend, is that friends with yourself or I can't remember. I'm sorry, but it's the Paul. Those, it's yeah. the double Paul Rudd one. All the ones that you said are ones I haven't seen, so I couldn't recommend any of them. But my plan is for January when we have the slow month, uh-huh. when we've seen everything that's coming out. Um, my plan is to watch Fleabag and everything. But I have seen Mr. Robot. I binged the first season one New Year's. Uh-huh. One New Year's. <laughs> so wait. So that's Rami Malek and Christian Slater. Yeah, which I enjoyed. I liked it very much. I could see how he won the Emmy the following year. But there's a whole bunch of HBO ones I haven't seen, like The Night Of and uh, which won the Emmy and Succession. stuff like that. And, and, and I got to finish Succession. And, and uh, uh, The I, Gemstones. Yeah, and Big Little Lies. Yeah. I'm not, no, I, I was not going to do, I'm not going to do any murder mysteries while I'm right trying not to fall asleep. Right. Well, I didn't know because I have HBO on demand. Mm-hmm. Um, they have all their series all of them game of thrones yeah somebody said why don't you watch game of thrones and i said i only have 36 hours and i'm going to be asleep for 16 of those so that's 20 and so i'll be able to do i'll be able to knock out one of each the thing that it would be concerning is that if if twin peaks wins that is 18 hours right there so yeah well you're gonna have to probably just carry it over but uh and i'm also debating whether i should go from if I should like binge episodes in a row or if I should alternate between the comedies to keep things fresh. Cause you know, sometimes when you're binging stuff, you're like another one, another one. And, but, but at the end, that's, that's how they get you. They want you to do the next one, but I'm thinking of alternating them. So they, so it stays fresh. Yeah. And there are going to be poking and prodding me with my little headset diodes on. Yeah. And uh, Mind Hunter, I forgot about that one. Oh, Mind Hunter. Yeah. See, that's only two seasons too. Yeah, which is and an, oh my goodness, the first season's so good. Uh, it's uh, so creepy. But I'm I'm just such a huge fan of Fincher. The uh, next week we're going to have the Adam Driver double feature. Yes, we are having a Marriage Story, which is the opening night film of the St. Louis Film Festival, and it is a Netflix film. Right. And it stars Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver as a couple who's getting divorced. Yes. And it's by Noah Baumbach, who was married to Jennifer Jason Lee, but whose muse is Greta Gerwig. What? So I'm sure it's a great marriage story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, we also the slip of uh, this is they have 389 films from 63 countries 
six continents. They have 64 free events. I'm one of them. I'll tell you about Your free and, events? And, yeah, and 25 short programs. Our St. Louis uh, Film Critics Association is sponsoring the golden anniversary film, Alice's Restaurant. And I'm going to introduce it, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do the following Q&A. Bum, and bum, uh, bum, I did see it when it came out, so I think I'm like the only member that saw it when it came out. Martha or Diane didn't Well, maybe they did. Maybe they did. But but so anyway, I'm doing the... the. They're not hippies like you were. Yeah. And so I, that, it's such a perfect movie for Thanksgiving. And uh, Arlo Guthrie is on tour. Yes. And he's on the Alice's Restaurant Tour. And he's coming to the Two Hill in March with really? the Alice's Restaurant Tour. Because he's been to the Wildy Theater a couple times. Yes. Yeah. So interesting. He has more than one song, though. He's got the motorcycle song from that album. And then there's also the Battle of New Orleans. Right. And... Uh, Wait, what's the no, one about it, the no, coming it, into the uh, Los Angeles, the airport song? The coming into Los Angeles. He sang it at Woodstock. All right. Well, anyway, Arlo does, and he is the son of Woody Guthrie. Yes. So therefore, um, there's that. Anyway, I'm going to do that on Sunday, November 10th. It's at 1.30 p.m. at the St. Louis Public Library, the Central Building on Olive. And if you've never been into their screening room, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It is. And so I will, uh, it's free. It's free, free, free. And there's free parking on Sunday. Yes. So everything is free. So come down and and, uh, we'll talk... uh, 50th anniversary movie and what Alice's restaurant. Let's see. That's Olive and 14th. Yes. It's a beautiful place. And Tom Stockman is going to do They Shoot Horses, Don't They? as his film that he's introducing. They're doing a series of 50th anniversary films. And uh, I picked that Alice's restaurant over Downhill Racer, even though I'm a big fan of the Michael Ritchie competition trilogy mm-hmm. and Robert Redford. That was one of his first movies. It was it was it came out the same year as Butch Cassidy oh. and the Sundance Kid. But he plays a, a, a Olympic skier. It's a good movie. I just thought that Alice's restaurant had more to do with Thanksgiving and November. And it's an and, anniversary. Yeah. So we'll go with that one. Uh, so the big movies at Sliff. Chris Clark gave his top 10 to Mm -hmm. St. Louis Magazine, and I copied them because at first uh, we were going to have one of the Sliff guys here, Mm -hmm. but that didn't work out. So anyway, and next week they're just going to be so crazy. Right. We also, St. Louis Film Critics, give out the Joe Pollack Award for Narrative Feature and the Joe Williams Award for Documentary Feature, and I'm on the doc jury this year. So we will be giving those awards out at the closing party which is at Urban Chestnut in the Grove on Sat- on Sunday, November 17th. And we named the awards after, they used to be called Under the Radar, mm-hmm. and Sliff would give us our juries uh, like seven films to watch, and then we would pick pick the one. And so after Joe died, we named the awards for Joe, but then when Joe Williams died, I said to the board, how about we... Two movies. We split right. them up. Right. 
Joe and, and, Joe. and it fits. So mm-hmm. the Joe Awards. So we're Joe thinking Pollock. if we have any other critics, we're going to be like the Rom- uh, the Ramones. <laughs> we'll <laughs> they all, all keep dying. All right. So yeah. wait a minute. I was wrong. I said the Battle of New Orleans. It's the City of New Orleans. City of New Orleans. City of New Orleans. That's the train. Right. And then your uh, your song was coming into Los Angeles. Oh, that's because they said welcome to LA. But, but that's okay. But and but yeah. I was right about the motorcycle song. Yeah, and Sliff is also, when I said we're going to have a double feature mm-hmm. of... Um, oh, yeah, the other Adam, Adam Driver, Driver That is the Amazon one. So we have a Netflix one and an Amazon one, and this is the Amazon one. And then Amazon he's got one, one coming out with Disney in December. <laughs> yes, which is going to be uh, on the big screen, mm-hmm. Mr. Kylo Ren. Uh, he's ominous as Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. I have always liked him since he was on Girls... He's a uh, whiner. He's a whiny baby, Kylo Ren. <laughs> I'm not a fan of Kylo Ren because he killed his father, Han Solo, my yes. favorite character of all time. Spoiler alert. Well, I think by now. I don't know. We know. I don't know. I'm just, uh, just Harrison for dying in Force Awakens just left a huge hole. In Star Wars? Yes. And then Carrie Fisher dying in real life also did the same thing. Yes. That was, oh. Let's not go there. So uh, the report is about a commission after nine one one, and they discover some. You mean September eleventh, two thousand one? Yeah. So it would be nine one one one. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's all right. September eleventh, and uh, Annette Benning's in it, and uh, so he plays a government official getting to the bottom of some unsavory conduct. And uh, we're seeing that Amazon is showing it to us and they'll put it in theaters and then it's going to be a slip. Some of the other ones that are should be on your radar for slip are Waves. Um, have you seen the two previous movies by Trey Edward Schultz? He did Krishna and he did uh, It Only Comes at Night. I have seen It Only Comes at Night. Which I, I liked. Right. Yeah. I did not see Krishna, though. So good. Okay. Oh, that was his debut feature, and it's about a member of his family. And it's how she uh, ruins the holiday meal. <laughs> yeah. Because she just got out of rehab, and mm-hmm. she has a lot of amends to make with the family. It's a very powerful movie, and that's why he's now being given major scripts. Right. So I know nothing of this movie waves, but it's going to be the Friday November 8th movie. And then there's a movie called Just Mercy that has um, Michael B. Jordan. Mm -hmm. And it's getting big buzz. Uh, That's coming out in a couple weeks. So they have some major titles that they were able to get before their release dates. The Two Popes Mm -hmm. is going to be there. That is Anthony Hopkins and Jonathan Price. But it's not Popes of the Old No, it's it's Pope Benedict. Yes. And And the last one. uh, Francis. Francis, yes. The current one and the last one, right. And it's the power struggle. Right. It's going to be And the fact that Francis is more liberal than Benedict and it's... It's going to be interesting. It is. It's getting a lot of buzz. And uh, The Apollo is a documentary about the famous theater in Harlem. Okay. And then we have Terrence Malick's movie, A Hidden Life. I know. Terrence Malick is hit or miss with me. Me I, too. I, there are some movies that are great, and then there are then there's the, the 
theory of life. No, it was the tree of tree life. Tree of life. Oh, some blah. people think some I people think that's that a movie. masterpiece. I hate that movie. I hated that movie so much. There left so many holes. So much. What the hell? I almost Sean got up Penn's and left. Character? I almost. But is he the son of Brad Pitt? Yeah, you I, don't know. You don't, you don't. But you know what? That doesn't matter. It's the fact that there's like. It's kind of like 2001, where like you didn't know what was going on with the monkeys. Then it goes on. I'm sorry, chimpanzees. Then it goes on to the the space part. There is a thing at the beginning of Tree of Life that makes no sense. After like ten minutes, I'm I said, if this goes on any longer, I'm going to leave. Thank goodness it did not. Oh, it is not good no some people thought that was their favorite it was movie. my worst movie of the year that year what was that 2011 yeah and oh and be prepared it's a very polarizing film uh when the 2010 list comes out mm-hmm. i guarantee you a lot of people will have that on there uh i will not be one of them and neither will you no and there was an even worse one that he did afterwards called Knight's Tale with Christian Bale that was, and Natalie Portman. It was 2011. Look, I was right. Oh, yay me. My that, brain sometimes does work. I know. I couldn't wait, remember. Wait, Natalie Portman was in that? Knight's Tale, and it's... Oh, wait, a Knight's Tale? I think... He did that? Is that called Knight's Tale? What is it? It's Christian Slater. Not Christian Slater. Christian, Christian Bale. Bale. He plays a Hollywood dude, and he's married to Natalie Portman, but he's having an affair with somebody else and he's it's really obnoxious hollywood producer obnoxious hollywood tale it's unintelligible okay i didn't i don't think i saw that i think i was still mad at him for i'm sorry it's i don't know if it's called night because night steel's got chris uh, heath ledger night of cups night of cups that's it yeah a night's tale was heath ledger and they yeah, I saw that one in the theater. I'm like, wait a minute, that's not the same movie. No, I did not see Night of Cups. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's really unintelligible. 2015, 2000. Yeah, it's it's just like WTF. Well, yeah. Well, they're not showing that at Slift this year. No, a Hidden Life is, but I think Hidden Life is based on a real story. Okay. Not a figment of his imagination. <laughs> that's good. And, uh, uh, there, then there's the Adam Sandler big buzz movie, Standing Up, Falling Down, with him and Billy Crystal. He can make good movies. He he has, in the past, made good movies and has made good serious movies. And for Netflix, he has made some of the best and some of the worst movies of his career. Is this a Netflix movie or is this going to get a release? It's going to get a release. I'm not sure who's behind it, though. Okay, because he's got that deal with Netflix where he gets to do whatever he wants. And I, I did I say on here that Murder Mystery was yeah. really good? I was so impressed with Murder Mystery. He and Jennifer Aniston were really good in that. I was impressed, and I, I, I'm happy because I want Adam Sandler to make good movies. Well, Billy Crystal being back on screen is a thing. Mm-hmm. He plays an alcoholic comic, and yes, uh, I and, did yeah, hear about this yeah. movie. So, and uh, he's his mentor. Yeah. So it it looks intriguing to me. And then there's a movie with Alfre Woodard called Clemency. Okay. And uh, then the the local angle movie Kings of Beer. Yes. Which is, which is also really weird because they are going to make a documentary about the uh, 
the Beer Baron's book, Bitter Brew. Which I have. Which, <laughs> well, I have it also, but they're going to make a miniseries out of that. And this is this is interesting that uh, AB is getting a lot of attention that yes. they probably do not want. <laughs> yes. Well, my mother worked there for 25 years. I have to be full disclosure. Mm-hmm. And she loved working there. Yeah, but and she worked for the Bushes. Right. She worked for the Bushes. And she was there when Gussie was there. So, so it was a worked, different world. Right. She went from Gussie dying to, uh, as they the lingo, three sticks. Three sticks. And then four. See, and they, they were all named Gussie, Augie, Augie, Gussie, and four. And my one brother worked there one summer as a tour guide. Oh, gave out free beer. Yeah, during college. So, uh, so anyway, my family. So that's why I had to buy the book. But if I read Let's it. see if they were in it. Yeah. Well, uh, no, just to read, just because you know, shop talk. But don't you know a lot of people that worked at the brewery? I did. Yeah, a lot of people. I mean, you know, it's the St. Louis thing when i first moved to the city at night i would be able to smell the hops the hops and, and yeah can you now again now that you're back in soulard uh i haven't uh, uh been uh, i haven't experienced that yet but okay you will that's what i'm thinking you're hoping all right uh what else do we have uh, think yeah, well, think well um yeah there's just a lot of horror movies around this weekend and I don't know. It's it's but really getting... really Halloween's over. It's yeah. November now, so Halloween's over. Yeah, but they still do those. Um, they still do those kind of things at what, midnight. Yeah, but what, Halloween's over. Right, and we move Let's on, move to, on the, to the award season. Yes, which uh, it's kind of be it's kind of open slate right now. Everybody's waiting on the Irishman. <sighs> I don't know. Max has already seen it. And Mark Reardon has also seen it. So uh, they said it's well acted. I said, does it feel three and a half hours long? They said, yeah. But a lot, that, a but, lot but, of but, yeah, a lot of people want to see it at home because it's so long. Because then they can pause it and go to the restroom. Right. It, he said one of I don't remember which one said you're gonna wish you could pause it. It's he said. I think it was Max. He said it will play better on a small screen. I've heard that from a couple of people. Okay. That that is actually something about Jojo Rabbit. I checked my watch at Jojo Rabbit. And I I know that's not a good thing because I'm wondering, I said, I wonder how long this is going to go. And sometimes when you check your watch, it's a good thing. Sometimes when you check your watch, you're surprised. Jojo Rabbit, me checking my watch with, and I still enjoyed the movie. I did check my watch and go, wow, where's this going? That is a problem. That's a problem with the movie where you don't know where it's going. No, it is. It's for sure. Well, yeah, I'm trying to think what else are we doing next week? We're doing, oh, oh, this is what's going on. I knew this. I should have written Knives out. Muni Magic, in, uh, the announcement yeah. of the new season. I can't go because I'm going to be in that sleep study. Oh, well, and I'm, I'll, I'm oh, going to get this. Ironically, during the sleep study, I'm going to miss Dr. Sleep. <laughs> well, I'm missing Dr. Sleep because of Muni, Muni Magic. Magic. Uh, Tuesday night, they're going to announce the new season. I interviewed Alex Pracken, local boy. He's taking the place of Jason Gote, who was going to be the, the two stars of Muni Magic. Tuesday night at the Sheldon, 730, are 
Michaela Bennett, who was Cinderella, mm-hmm. and it was supposed to be Jason Gote, who was Prince, and he was also Prince Eric in mm-hmm. Little oh, Mermaid, okay. and he was Jack in, in Into the Woods. He starred on Broadway in Mike Isaacson's Bring It On. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, he is going to play Shay, Shay, however you say it, in uh, Evita. Uh, at the New York City Encores, and so he had a drop. So Alex Pracken, John Burroughs graduate, University of Michigan graduate, Muni kid, Muni teen, who was in the national tour of Newsies and has done quite well for himself since graduating from Michigan. He was in uh, 1776 last summer. He sang Mama Look Sharp. Mm. Um, and, uh, 1776. Sorry. And he's, uh, but I enjoy him. He's a good okay, actor. Okay, yes. There are parts of 1776 that are watchable. Yeah, he and Bobby Conti Thornton, who played uh, Bob Godio, how do you say, Bob Godio in uh, Jersey Boys uh, at the Muni. And also, uh, <laughs> and also was, um, the molasses to rum guy Rutledge in 1776. He and Alex are super good friends and they went to Michigan together. Nice. And yeah, and I talked to Alex about uh, Pasek and Paul because they're graduates who did Dear Evan Hansen, La right. La Land, and Greatest Showman. And he said uh, he was not there when they were there, but he says they know because of their Michigan training. Mm-hmm. Because the musical theater program at Michigan is one of the best in the country. They know of each other. That well, yeah, they all know of each. But he said they know how to write for actors. Ah, so that's why Pasek and Paul are such good songwriters because they give the actors so much to to work with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How about that? That's smart. So anyway, uh, that is Tuesday at the Sheldon. It's always a fun time because the Sheldon's got such beautiful acoustics. Mm -hmm. They will be singing songs from some of the new season. What? So he knows. So he already knows because they've had to rehearse. Yeah. And he, he, uh, like a good uh, muni soldier. Told you nothing. Told me nothing. And uh, then he's going to be singing some of his favorites. He was also in the Landmark Muni production of Les Mis 2013. I have never seen, and I've been going to the Muni uh, since 1965, uh, that people leapt out of their seats at, in, at right before intermission, intermission mm-hmm. after they did One Day More. Mm-hmm. I've never seen people be that enthusiastic about a number and just leap to their seats. And he was Marius in that. Marius. And Bobby Conti Thornton was Enjolras. Okay. I don't know how to say these. Javert. (laughs) No, he was Enjolras. He was, you know, the the Marius best friend. Friend, yes. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, uh, they still that they said that was such a magical moment and a magical production, and how lame is is just so well suited for the Muni stage. It really is. If you think about it. So <laughs> Maybe they'll have it yeah, back in yeah. season one. So well, good luck on your study and your job you. interviews, and uh, you can hear me this weekend talking about Terminator with Max Foisy on Max Movies on KTRS, and you're going to be on KTRS. 
tonight. Yes, and I'm going to be talking Motherless Brooklyn and Jojo Rabbit with Jay Hart, uh, Jay Jay Kanzler and Ray Hartman, and, Ray Hartman. <laughs> and uh, Jane Ray. And my name is Carl Middleman. You can find me on the socials at underscore Carl the Intern. You can vote right now for what I should be watching on Twitter. And I'm Lynn Van House, and I'm in the TimesNewspapers.com, Webster Kirkwood Times, South County Times, and West End Word. And I'm on KTRS, and uh, uh, we do this every week. We try. Oh, yeah. We've been doing it for, like, almost 40 weeks now. Yes. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.